0: Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. Hey, Jacob. So, to begin kind of uh this should this should if I have my uh, dates right, this should drop on October 1st. So, mm-hmm. I was thinking we could do an entire month
1: of horror themed. Yeah, cuz it's Halloween and Halloween's actually my favorite holiday. Yes. All right. So, if we are talking about horror, we should go into at least some of the subgenres and stuff like that a little bit.
0: Yeah, so we can talk about the the subgenres and we can also as we talk about them, we can talk about the ones that probably don't make for good gaming. Yes. Or ones that might make for good gaming if you have explicit buy-in. Mhm. So I'll just start with those. The explicit buy-in horror that I have uh, that you just need if you're going to do anything on is this type that's called gore or disturbing. It's the slasher flick. The it's your torture, torture. They also call it splatter. Um, so like just blood everywhere, uh, cannibal, self-explanatory, and then extreme gore and disturbing. So these I like to stay away from because. First of all, in a gaming group, it doesn't make a lot of sense to try to figure that out. You almost kind of, in those things, you actually, and I hate to say this, but you need your, the girl who lived type of scenario in those. Like, Mm -hmm. your Scream would fall into this in a nicer way. It's kind of a, uh, you know, in Scream, there's a girl who lives, Mm -hmm. right? In I Know What You Did Last Summer, there's a girl who lives. In your, all these movies, there's a girl, there's your girl who lives. And so... It's really hard to do that with a group, and also the concepts of that for most people are—it um, it crosses a line for most people. So I normally don't play those.
1: And it's also really hard for you to do a gore or disturbing that isn't just you reading three paragraphs of flavor tired. text. Oh, God, yeah.
0: And I don't like to read forever, so now. Okay, so let's just move on. Mm-hmm. So the next one is psychological. This now, one
1: plays really well into— into a tabletop RPG.
0: Yeah, assuming you do it right. So the ones they have listed here is like phobias, madness and paranoia, home invasion and survival. Now, survival might be the only thing that really kicks into that, where you're trying to survive. A, um, so if you do a game where you have a counter mm-hmm. and you have to get, there's so much stuff done before X happens. And so like, um, uh, survival could be, you need to hold... Uh, for reinforcements to mm-hmm. show up. That has even if you're doing like a war game, and you gotta hold for reinforcements, that's a psychological horror. You know, so um Battlestar Galactica has their best episode, best episode for sci-fi in the history that really covers this is this is their I think it was the third episode called thirty three. In brief, every thirty-three minutes their enemy would do faster than light travel to their location. And then they had to fight them all every 30 minutes, actually. And then they'd have to fight them off for a handful of minutes. And then they would warp away, again, faster than light travel. And you shouldn't be able to track people through faster than light travel. But then 30 minutes later, they would show up. And it takes about 30 minutes for your engines to kick up. 33 minutes for the humans, 30 minutes for their enemies. And so what happened is you had this psychological horror of humans... Literally, these same fighter pilots, because they're the only ones qualified to do the fighter the fighting right? It makes sense. If you have to pilot a sh- uh, a plane, I can't just put anybody mm-hmm. in it. and so every thirty three minutes for like days, they had to go out and so they were losing people because of stupid mistakes. and the thing they're fighting are robots. and so the robots don't sleep, they don't eat, they don't care, but the humans care tremendously
1: and oh hey, your ship got damaged thirty minutes ago, and you don't, don't have, have time. time to fix it so. No. We're now losing ships, we're losing people, and you have the psychological
0: fatigue. So that's a cool psychological horror mm-hmm. that you could do in a sci-fi game even, where it's not – I mean, it's it's really cool that way. So I like to do those. Also, I like to do things where um, – I think Witcher 3, if you haven't played it, Witcher 3 has these psychological choices, That have consequences. And choosing what you thought is the lesser evil is never the lesser
1: evil in that game. You never have a good choice. And it's always choosing whatever one you have and you have to live with the consequences. And you could show that in the game. Mm -hmm. So
0: that's psychological horror. And I think it works really well. I think I like that genre as a whole. And I also like putting players in that genre as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's the next one? You have killer. Killer. So... There's where your slasher is, right? So splatter's gross. That's all disturbing. Killer, slasher's killer is like a Friday the 13th Halloween. You have people getting
1: cut open. Again, doesn't work well in a game. But you could use the killer with, you have something killing people off in a town and you have to find it. So this horror kind of pairs well with mystery really well. Right. If you can create a big
0: enough thing that's killing off NPCs and potentially... Could kill off a player if they were caught alone with it. Mm-hmm. You have some, you have some fun there. Um, then you also have underneath the killer, you could have some sort of, uh, you know, crime or something like that, where um, you know you saw too much,
1: so now they're coming to kill you for it. It's kind of like a mafia thing, where yeah, you shook up too much things in a city, and now they're trying to get you back for it. And that would work well in a D and D game if you had a
0: faction that you ticked off. Mm -hmm. So you ticked off this this faction, they're big enough to actually be a threat to the players. See, that's the one thing I like to do is I don't like to make my players gods, unless, of course, they somehow became deities. Otherwise, they're killable. Mm -hmm. And they have consequences for their actions. So if they want to run around and be murder hoboey, that's fine. There are other factions at work that will be just as murder hobo-y to them as well. Mm-hmm. So if you not have to remember the murder hobo, it's a random person running around killing everything, which sadly a lot of d d games devolve into. This allows you to say, well, no, there's a crime syndicate out there. There's a faction out there that's not taking too kindly to you just running around and wantonly killing things.
1: Local Thieves Guild kind of required that dungeon to not be cleared for their job, and you kind of screwed their business so now they're hunting you you know that's the thing you never see right you never see oh you cleared
0: this dungeon what are the consequences of it or you don't even see and I, i know we're gonna touch on this much later but you never see the concept of oh we cleared this we cleared levels two and three of a dungeon we left for a month to go do some shopping we came back and nothing moved into levels two and three so just things where it's like the the world seems very static if you let it or
1: if you don't let it The world's not static at all, and that's exactly how I like to play. also ties into the next version, which is monster horror. So if you cleared out that dungeon, what other monster would have taken its place? Because if you have a nasty dire bear holding this cave, what is that dire bear holding from taking that cave? Right. If you cleared out a whole entire dungeon that goes to the Underdark, is that a way for the Underdark just to come up? Right, was the last thing that was holding it
0: was the thing that was that you killed big enough and bad enough to hold off the other thing underneath it, and so monster. Of course, I mean, like the thing I'm looking at right now on our screen has like almost so many monsters listed. We're going to talk about them. Point is, D and D is almost all monster or because you always fight some monster. But the thing is, D and D, like when I was playing D and D, a lot of the game masters and even myself, I'm guilty of this. We don't describe the monster well enough to actually have anything. It just becomes this, like, road bump in the middle of the night. What I'm saying is take your big bad monster and really put some work into that thing, twist it up a little bit, change it a little bit, and so make it kind of unique so that when you do come across it, your players will remember it and not just like, oh, yeah, we killed the green dragon. Yep, killed the black dragon too. Yep, don't care. But more of, like, Yeah, we find this weird black dragon, and it could do things that a black dragon normally couldn't do.
1: writing a couple sentences of flavor text to describe the changes kind of always helps with that, because you don't really see flavor text introducing a monster. You really see it with, oh, hey, you walk into this room that has a cool description. Very cool compared to, oh, yeah, I'm going to literally describe you in detail this twisted werewolf type thing that you've never seen before. Well, it could even just be something where you describe it coming out of
0: the muck. Uh Uh-huh. And so even though it's a normal thing, it's coming out of a situation that now makes it look abnormal, for instance. Anyway, and then the last one, I mean, I guess the other one that they talk about is like a paranormal horror. But in a lot of ways, because of how they define it, it's a lot similar to a monster, except if you were going to do kind of the haunted house type of trope hmm So what you could do is you could have a haunted castle, haunted whatever, and as your players go into it, you, in my opinion, what you do is you figure out a way of locking them in. Mm-hmm. And so if you create what's called a closed-loop scenario where they're unable to open the loop, they cannot get out of that scenario without going through the scenario. You've created an aspect of horror that is basically thematic and cinematic in a lot of ways, where it's like you have to finish your task.
1: Which could be very simple. Instead of, like, a haunted house, you could have a dungeon, then as soon as they enter, the dungeon just seals itself shut, so they have to progress through the dungeon to get through it. Right. Easier
0: to do with lower levels before certain things, like teleport are available. Mm -hmm. If teleport's there, I mean, you could try to seal the whole thing in an anti-magic field, but that's expensive if you were actually to think about the cost of doing something like that. And so I don't like to create... Things that are like, oh, yeah, this, like, level 3 dungeon somehow costs 800,000 gold pieces because of the this magic I have to do. level 3 dungeon
1: surrounded in a whole entire permanent spe- permanency spell of dimensional anchor for
0: some reason. Yeah, right? for no reason. So, regardless, these are kind of the major sub, sub stuff. So, you have the gore, which, again, parental warning on that. Um, Figure out how you'd want to do, if you even can do that. Psychological, which are really good to use. Killer, which can be used in a lot of good aspects to actually put your players back in check. Or if you can create a scenario where they're being hunted by something. Mm -hmm. In a closed loop scenario, like a haunted house, haunted whatever, they're being hunted by something big in a
1: scenario they can't easily leave. And all of these... Progress with each other, so you could have. Oh yeah, you're trapped in a haunted house with something trying to kill you. That's a monster. In psychological horror, is as you keep going through, you're running out of resources. Your wizards don't have time to sleep to, re- to recoup their spells because yep. they might get a- they might get axed in the knife in the night.
0: Yeah, right. You you might you might lose if you do that. Um, so anyway, that is kind of the overarching genres of horror. And um, now you kind of know what they are. At least you can start to think about how to incorporate them in the game. But I'm going to tell you, um, we got some really good stuff in treatment for you this month. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll catch you later. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.